morning. Today is Monday, December the 7th, and this is Darlene Anderson with another episode of Parent Empowerment. And just what's, you know, what is that? We're going to focus today a little bit on special education, simply because special education is a way that public education operate, basically. They provide service for children with the most severest disabilities. So you have to understand that all children are entitled to services. What those services actually look like, well, it just depends on the needs of the child. And, you know, and it really depends on the access to the educational uh, option that is attempted by the young person or the scholar. It really depends on where your child's going to school and how they look at your children. Is is the environment conducive of learning? Are all children learning? What is special education when it comes to public schools? And how does it affect a child? It's actually, you know, it is the obligation of the federal government to ensure that access happens for all children. How that happens for your child? Well, I'll say. You know, it really depends on the placement. Choice is everything. But people don't even understand parental choice. At least people in poverty really don't because they don't have a lot of choice. The choices are limited to your true understanding of what you have the ability to access. And I, I really understood that when I had three children and all children were different. I mean, my oldest child was so gifted and gay and everything he could just do everything most independently without a lot of support and when he was in class well he wouldn't bother to rush to do the work because it would only take a minute to do it and the few minutes that it took him to do the homework it was like boring to him And we got through public education, but we didn't get through it with great grades. It wasn't something that was really something that he had to compete to achieve. Um, But I can tell you one thing. He was very competitive on the testing or the assessments that he took when he was in high school. And every assessment under star exams, he would score off the charts. It just, I mean, you know, it's something to be proud of. And he was a Mesa student, and that was math, science, and engineering. And just, I mean, you know, and all around, I have some really good children. But, you know, my heart, my oldest one, he was very introverted and liked to spend a lot of time to himself. But... Really, he wanted to control his own choices. So if he had friends, I wasn't necessarily invited to meet those friends. And my rules were, if my children had associates, that I had to meet their parents. Because as you understand, when you socialize with people and you're allowing your children to socialize with them, you really need to understand the environment that you're placing your children in. And so since he didn't like my rule, well, he just chose to stay home a lot. Unlike my middle child, who was always gone 24-7. I mean, he had very wonderful social skills. Yet, and still, he had a processing disorder. And, you know, that just means he communicated more. Not that he 
always understood what was going on. But, you know, he got, he, over time, I believe he had some really, really great school skills developed. And so what I will say is, is that I'm very proud of my children. But my middle child, when I was talking about the the services that he needed, really came from every time we had an IEP meeting, I would make sure that he understood the work that he was being asked to do. And that task completion was the major purpose of the meeting and that he understood how to complete the work and that tools were given to him to ensure that he could access the work and complete the work as education is all about task completion. And that's just so true. But we still have to talk about behavioral problems and transition in the public school system and how the public school system is really using modified behaviors as the only option of public education. And I find that most appalling simply because it's simply cruel. You have to understand detention doesn't teach you anything. And the calisthenics that they want you to do on Saturday school is not teaching a thing. It has to be up to the people, the parents who are involved and the support of the planning of the school to demand accountability. We have far too many hands off our public school system where, you know, where children are not benefiting, but people are getting paid. The the very system that we live under, which is a compulsory educational system, let's understand not all countries provide quality education. So therefore, people are dying to get the United States of America because they can go to any state that would best suit them where they could afford to live and educate their children and then go back to their countries educated. The power in education means employment, status, everything. So we do have immigrants that attend public schools and no, you don't have to be an American citizen to attend public schools. Schools are for the children who live in America. And as we have undocumented people and national people and people who come here on a visa and, you know, America is just America. We represent the melting pot. And it's just wonderful. It's such a wonderful country to live in. I mean, the possibilities are limitless. But they can be very, very... mm, I'll say penalizing also because public, the public school and the compulsory system that we live under actually opens the door to people in your business. And if you are a private person, and I don't even know how we get to this, my business stuff, because we ain't got no business that they don't know as I'm sitting in front of my computer at my kitchen table, they know, and they could turn the camera on if they chose to but I believe a little green light comes on when your camera's on to notify you that you are actually recording. And actually this external mic that I have, I believe is very great. It has a camera also, but uh, USB connected and you know, who gets to control your devices? You, you installed the device and hopefully it comes with a preloaded device driver, but no, 
what should we say about technology? I've been on the internet for a long time, and I do understand that there are network managers and network administrators, and there are people that just sit back and watch or sit back and support because, you know, just think these programs don't work by themselves. They work with the interaction of another person behind the scenes that you don't even know is there. But that's okay. That's just all right because, you know, someone is always listening. And that's just the truth. Even if you're on the cell phone, someone is listening. Do you know how the cell phones could actually work? I was downtown at the Bellagio the other day picking up a jacket for my son's aunt and uh, my son called me and he said he heard my phone ringing so he thought maybe I left my phone at home but oh no my iPad was taking the call but the strangest thing was my iPad would ring in the house where I wasn't and where my phone was downtown And that's just miles and miles and miles away. I mean, you know, come on now. Technology is something that's truly amazing. But that's something for everyone to know, especially since we're living in this digital economy where information technology is relevant to all of us, even if we'd like to pretend that it doesn't affect us. It does. You have to learn how to use a computer. You have to learn how to be tech savvy. And You know, even older people are expected to know something, especially now. When most businesses require you to order and then pick up at the door because of the COVID. And COVID really has changed our lives. I can say COVID-19 was a blessing to black people, even though it was the worst curse probably to befall on any human. I would not want to have the COVID infection as it affects your body and it affects your body. It's more than your lungs. It's it's in your, your blood system. It's just something crazy that they don't even know anything about. And I would just rather not be, you know, giving myself an access to that disease. I want to stay as far away from people as possible. And this is a very safe way to communicate, a very safe way to understand that what I understand, I can share and empower other people simply because they do need to be empowered. Public education is something that you only know, <coughs> excuse me, from your level of participation and what you've actually, actually even participated in. So many people go to school, they don't know anything about special education, but somehow special ed has become a major use kind of like thing and because they can put some services under a 504 they carry actually the same consequence for the person who is providing the service but it's a little bit less restrictive when it comes to uh, services or let's see special education and under an IP your services are really tailored and very and you're able to measure and monitor the support It just confuses me when, you know, I go to people's meetings and they don't really have any true support written in the plan. And it's really not connected to the classwork. And it's all about 
behavior and the, and the times that the child actually completed the tasks. But what it doesn't have <clears throat> in the IEPs is there's really no transition to the task, meaning that it's not written out clearly how the child will attempt the task, what will be done in the meantime if the child's not learning the task, and truly, you know, just how it all works. Because it's important. What's important is that we truly understand that, quote unquote, public services are truly public, but they can't operate. They truly cannot operate without the oversight engagement of the community in which they're being provided. And that's just true. I have to touch a little bit about Head Start because I was a Head Start parent, but during the time I was a Head Start parent, I also had an opportunity on one of those occasions to serve as a VISTA, that would be a Volunteer in Service for America which was a wonderful opportunity. My uh, The person that was over my area was John Vivian, who was a white man, and he was very, 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 I mean, accessible. And he was a good trainer, and he told us how to make things happen and how I got to learn how actually cities are structured and how support is provided. <clears throat> Because, you know, excuse me, excuse me, Uh, the structure of public services in the public school system is really designed as the city provides support for community. We have cities locally, then we have counties, and then we have states. And uh, we have representative areas. And then we have just people who are living in the community. And some feel a need to engage in, you know, in organizing city services. And the important thing is, is that we have people who can express a concern or lobby for the benefit of your needs as they're representing you. But when children are in public school and they're not being successful and the community not striking outrage well you gotta know when you're not gonna be safe at Safeway anymore when people are not safe in the parking lots when they pull up into these areas of convenience not all people are entitled to have access to those services why because education is critical I don't know how many meetings I've been in and tried to talk about the importance of ensuring that our voices are heard, that all children have access, and we need to understand how they're creating those, that, you know, that level of support for all children as we all have to live in America, right? So I've had the opportunity. I can tell you in California, I went to all the board meetings. I went to state board meetings. I went to the local school board meetings and just for the area my school district was Sacramento City Unified School District but and always had an interest in how the schools were operated and since I had the opportunity to participate of course I served as my school site council chair I served as a 
a committee member for the CAC, which would be the Special Education Committee. And then I served, um, gosh, as a VISTA for those two years. And I, and I actually, you know, I earned $5,700 twice because I, I served twice, two years. And you have to understand what happened with my years of services. You know, someone, someone in BTTI, Elk Grove Business Institute, enrolled me in a program that I wasn't even qualified for. Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer. And believe me, that's how I know I get, that's how I learned that I was getting screwed and tracked and my data is being collected, how I understood what they have the power to do by applying policies to your name and that they store this information in a cloud somewhere. And believe me, they control what you do if you don't understand the power that you have in ensuring that people understand that you're aware of where you live and you're aware of how things should be as an American citizen. But back to public education, sometimes I get pulled off the topic because my mind is constantly going. But, you know, children who have behavioral issues can come under, uh, what's it called, emotionally disturbed or children who we need to understand public education is all about task completion. So when children are not completing tasks and then someone's documenting how that child, how many times it didn't do the task and how the child did not complete the work, but we've allowed public schools to list a whole lot of children as below basic, far, far below basic, not meeting minimal standards and that be their whole journey in the public education system. I don't get it. That's like a child getting an F every day. So no wonder why these children are committing suicide because they're not being effective and they're not being given the support necessary. And, you know, we have to use all the resources in the public school system because, you know, they have all these different levels. They have psych- psychological people, psychiatrists, and they participate in the assessment process of, you know, uh, providing an individual educational plan. And then you have speech therapists, occupational therapists, any kind of therapist you can think of that may be in the support of a child who needs that additional support to ensure access. Well, they're involved in the IEP. And you have to understand that, you know, my son is my youngest son is autistic and they said communication handicapped but what they really were saying initially that he was severely mental retarded and communication handicapped and would not benefit from the public education system and I have to oh beg to differ he graduated with a one-on-one aid a laptop and above proficient and he reads consistently but getting to reading was such a challenge for me as a parent. And you know who finally saved my life? It was Captain Underpants because he loved that book. And I would read it to him every night. And we would buy those whole series of Captain Underpants. And then anime. Anime was wonderful because it was visionary. 
he could see the actions and understand almost reading the words as the actions of the people changed on the page. I mean, we have to understand who we are as individuals, what we have the power to do. Because there is just so much power in the understanding of who you are and learning how to empower yourself to ensure that access happens for your children and that your children's journey in the public education system is one that is fruitful so that when they get ready to multiply, they can, you know, join in that process too. But you have to look at big towns and cities when segments of people or segments of the population are not engaged in the oversight or the maintenance of outcomes for the support of those children, understand that we're still talking about jobs and employment. We are so talking about the entitlement. But you have to understand there was Goals 2000, there was Leave No Child Behind, then there was the Local Control Accountability Act. I mean, you know, you could probably just go through the years. And there was Brown versus the Board of Education, which actually integrated the schools. But the schools were already being integrated, just not by black people. And this, hmm, some kind of feeling, some kind of thing when it comes to black people and how they're perceived. And I just have to tell you, It's an inappropriate thought if you don't understand that we are all Americans and they all share in the same rights. And any time that I can look back in my lifetime and see an African-American artist be taxed $2.3 million as she didn't pay her share of the federal taxes and then understand here in 2020 where our current president only paid $750 in taxes. But see, he says, well, you know, I do all this other investing and all this other stuff. Well, you know, when Lauren Hill was going through this taxation stuff, I'm sure she didn't understand how she could be paying her family members for the services that they were interacting in her family. And so perhaps she wouldn't have owed $2.3 million because not everybody pays that kind of money on the kind of, you know, let's say it. Unless you're a small business owner or you have children or you have write-offs or you, you know, invest in certain areas, you don't get to write that money off. Everybody has to pay their share of the taxes. And how the taxes come back to local communities is what we all really need to understand. How that supports local schools. Here in California, they have a, I mean, not in California, I'm in Nevada, slip. (laughs) But here in Nevada, where they have a commission on pupil-centered funding, and for whatever reason, they can't find the center of where the children are learning. At least not for those children who are in poverty, but they definitely can find services for children who are living in the rural areas. And believe me, as Nevada is so spread out, it is. I mean, most of the state of Nevada is barren. 
because it's desert. But in the big cities like here in Clark County, because we're in Las Vegas, and then they have Reno. They have Upper Nevada, and then they have Lower Nevada. And then I don't think there's anything in between, but they might be Humboldt County or different counties, you know, that are between California and uh, Nevada. But, you know, Nevada lives under the pretense of following the guidance of public education and the rules for children with disabilities through the state of California, you know, the the state disabilities counselor council or the whatever they have different acronyms representing, but it has to do with department of rehab and what a wonderful country we live in as the state department of rehab helps to provide services for children with disabilities. I mean, come on now. I mean, there are some people who were really disabled, but they're still employed. And just because you have a disability does not mean that you will become unemployed. But you have to understand this special education role when it comes to social and emotional learning. As children are being transferred away from the educational portions of public ed and push more into the social aspect without any maintenance of effort. And isn't that just so fitting for how people can empower themselves and truly just discriminate because the children who have behavioral issues are even being moved to programs that are supposed to do the intervention for juvenile whatever services in America. I don't care if you if you have a juvenile hall, how many children are graduating from the academic resources that you're supposed to be retraining these individuals who are confined under the state. I don't get it. Where's the outcomes? You know, this empowerment thing is really, really key to understanding that in America, as being born as a citizen in America, you have these certain inalienable rights but they only come into effect if you understand that you have these certain inalienable rights to understand the truth and find the resources to ensure that access happens for you and yours and truly ignorance is not bliss and it is definitely not a way that you can protect yourself in a court of law because really you still have an obligation to know how unfair you would say yes perhaps unfair but we all have to go and grow my friends just go and grow but you can only grow when you're seeking the knowledge and some people have a real tough time accepting I'll say it is constructive criticism and what does that look like in parenting Well, you have to look like you're providing the example. Even if you can't read or write, there's nothing wrong with finding programs and services that benefit your child so they can be accepted in the process. There are requirements that are required under the federal laws for receiving the federal dollars. Early access is one of them. It's called child fines. It's a legislative law. It's the law. There are some real things that 
people have to do, not necessarily saying that they would choose to do, as we all are Americans. And understand what I'm saying, that not all countries have public education systems. The benefit in America is that we do offer one. But what we cannot allow the system to do is to force our children through a program that's structured around only behavior, no academic support, no skills-based learning, no nothing. We're paying people to just watch over the harvest. And the harvest is our children. And that's why I thought that it would be important for me to come and talk about parenting and that role that we play as responsible individuals for our choices to have children so that we can learn this journey and share and empower others. Well, I'm going to have to sign off. My minutes are running out. This is Darlene Anderson. This has been another half an hour of my parent empowerment. And I will say, until we meet again, like, subscribe, and, you know, share. Please share.